Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Dave Hendon and this is the Snooker Scene Podcast, a special edition because the draw for the first round of the Betfred World Snooker Championship has just been made in Sheffield. What a draw it is. So many interesting matches to look at. The qualifying itself was an incredible week of snooker. We've got seven debutants going to the Crucible. We've got some what I might call old stages, very experienced players, people like Ali Carter and Graham Dot, Mark Davis, Joe Perry, and we've got a total of Six Chinese players, Ding plus five qualifiers, and of course an amateur for the first time, James Cahill. We've also got a new country being represented there, Cyprus, in the form of Michael Giorgio. The players who've come through have had to win three tough best of 19 frame matches. They're going to be match sharp. The seeds are all on a bit of a hide into nothing, and there's some really tough matches here. We're going to go through each one one by one in the first round. We start, of course, at the top, Mark Williams, sensational capture. 12 months ago of his third world title. He's drawn Martin Gould, and that's a really tough match, you would, you would think. There's no easy matches, but I think Williams would feel he's really got to be on his mettle there. Gould, a very determined player, very attacking. For whatever reason, hasn't played actually in that many tournaments this season. He seems to have ducked out of quite a few, um, and in ranking events hasn't pulled up too many trees, but he did win the Championship League, and all top players in that, he played really well. Of course, that's a short form, best of five format, world championship difference. And actually, if you look at Gould's Crucible record, eight appearances uh, prior to this year. He's only actually won two matches, so not the best record, really. Williams, well, he's under pressure as defending champion, but for, in many ways, I think for Mark, the whole year has been building up to Saturday morning. He said uh, earlier in the season, obviously, you know, we know he's been celebrating, that's well documented. He said, it's all about that first morning, I'll have my kids with me, my family, because they were there, of course, last year when he won the title, and it's all about walking out, being introduced as defending champion. Mark is not someone who likes to think of himself uh, as an emotional person, but I think it will be an emotional moment because it, it sort of is he's closing the circle in a way on the last year, the incredible year he's had as world champion. Uh, it would not be a huge shock if he lost, I think. Gould is a very tough player, but Mark Williams, you just feel he's been putting the effort in to actually make some sort of defence of the title. And if he does get through the first round, then why shouldn't he go a long way again? He's got the class, he's got the uh, the pedigree there, he's got the record. But a very interesting match, I think that could be a blockbuster. Great start to the championship on Saturday. 
Dave Gilbert, Joe Perry, the next one, and you know, you, you look at that, and if you, you if you didn't know about the rankings, you would say, okay, well, who's the seed, who's the the qualifier, because they're very close together in the rankings. Of course, Gilbert's got in at sixteen. I'm very happy for Dave Gilbert. You know, he's played really well the last couple of years, been in a couple of finals this season. I think he is a top sixteen player, and now he's proved it by getting in. The only thing I would say though, and this will apply as well to Jack Lazowski later on. Dave Gilbert has never played at the Crucible as a seed, and it's a different sort of pressure to when you come through as a qualifier. The qualifiers have got momentum, they've won a load of matches, they're, they're already kind of match sharp. The defence, if you like, the defensive players are the seeds. They're there to be shot at, and Gilbert is going to have to adjust to feeling like that. Now, don't get me wrong, he'd rather be in that position than having to go through the agony of the qualifiers, but it may take a bit of getting used to, and that's why I guess... You have to say it's a tough draw because, of course, Joe Perry has experience of both. He's played there as a seed, he's played there as a qualifier. Day one last year, let's not forget, he beat the defending champion, Mark Selby. So that's uh, a bit of a toss up that match. You know, you'd, I think it'd be a brave man or woman to call who's going to come through that one. Barry Hawkins, what a great record he's had at the Crucible in recent years. He's drawn one of the debutants, Lee Hang from uh, China, who's had uh, a quietly good couple of years. You know, he's popped up now and again with some good results and good runs. In tournaments, but you look at Barry Hawkins, you look at the last six years at the Crucible, he's been in the one table five times, and the other occasion he got to the quarters. So that's an incredible record. Of course, one thing you have to say, he's not won the tournament yet, which is would be the icing on the cake, but he's been in a final. He just seems to thrive in the longer matches, and we often say this about Barry Hawkins. You know, he keeps his head down, a lot of attention taken by other players, but you sort of look up with a few days to go, and there he still is, and he's got every chance again. Uh, I think it's not a bad draw for him. I think obviously Lee Hang, as with all the debutants, what he's got to do is try and get used to the environment of playing at the Crucible. And, and that does take some players some time. I remember Ken Doherty said, first time he played at the Crucible, he drew Steve Davis. And he said, I spent the first four frames just looking around the arena. And of course, he, he was 4 0 down. So it, it'd be interesting to see how Lee Hang settles down. But Hawkins certainly has a lot of pedigree at the Crucible. Next match, uh, Karen Wilson. Scott Donaldson, well, of course, Donaldson was the last player to qualify last night. He was 9-4 up on Lu Ning and uh, just couldn't quite close it out and eventually got over the line 10-9, a 68-minute decider, very, very relieved. And uh, he becomes, I think, the 19th Scottish player, or in fact, the 20th Scottish player to play at the Crucible. I won't name them all now because we'll be here all day. Uh, he's no relation, by the way, as far as I know, to Walter Donaldson, who was world champion in the post-war era. This could be a bit of a bruiser because Kyron Wilson doesn't mind uh, getting involved either. Of course, he's had uh, a good couple of runs last few years, two quarter-finals, semi-final last year. He's a player who I think is suited to the longer matches. He's got a very good temperament. He's got a very sort of steady attitude in general to the game. And again, it's a good draw for him in as much as he's playing a qualifier. And I think that that... You, in theory, is an advantage because you're playing someone who doesn't, who's never played there before, has got to get over that barrier, that mental barrier of, OK, I'm at the Crucible, how do I sort of cope with it? Whereas Wilson has been there a few times already and I think that's, I think he's actually in a good little section at the top quarter there. Certainly if Mark Williams were to go out on day one, then it does become wide open. Obviously Hawkins is there and uh, we know his record recently, but I think Wilson would be quietly happy with that draw. Uh, although Scott Donaldson, you know, he's come through that, that last gasp victory, knows it could have been the exact opposite emotion. He knows he could be sat at home now in the pits of despair having thrown it away. The fact that he's going to the Crucible with all the exuberance and enthusiasm, you never know. And, of course, he has also just been in a semi-final in China, the China Open, so he's been playing well in general in longer matches recently. 
Next one I think is really interesting, John Higgins, Mark Davis. Higgins never seems to beat Mark Davis these days. In fact, Davis has beaten him at the Crucible. He's uh, ahead on the career record and they've played a lot of times. Not many people can say that. Uh, against John Higgins, he, uh, Davis beat him in the English Open uh, this season. Higgins, of course, has been in the last two finals, uh, lost them both, both close matches. Last year made that great comeback against Mark Williams, ultimately wasn't quite enough. The year before, he'd been ahead against Mark Selby, and uh, Mark Selby overturned it. Um, John Higgins has had a, a, a difficult season. He's still down in the dumps, I think, about losing two close world finals. I think it's a bit different when you're older because you know it's a big effort to last 17 days at the Crucible and to come out two years running as the runner-up and looking ahead thinking, well, how many more chances will I have? must be tough, although it's worth saying he has won it four times. That might cushion the blow a little bit. I just wonder, though, if once he gets back to Sheffield, back to the Crucible, he might actually feel, actually, you know, all that's gone, I'm back here at the home of Snooker, and he might turn it on again. I suppose the question for Higgins is, does he have sufficient mental fortitude this year to actually survive the course again on the basis of what we've seen this season you'd have to say probably not but you know class is permanent and if he were to have a long run in the event that wouldn't be a shock I do think though it's a tough draw Mark Davis has no fear whatsoever of playing John Higgins Mark Davis the oldest player in the tournament and uh, someone who has had good results here and there he's uh, had a long career so he's had peaks and troughs but that's not an easy draw for John Higgins at all and speaking of which, the next one, two former winners, Stuart Bingham, Graham Dot. Again, you know, it feels like a bit of a toss-up. Dot came through very comfortably in the qualifiers, although you could argue some of the people he played maybe were not at the very top of the list of, of tough matches. But nevertheless, he, he played well. He actually said yesterday that if he could pay to play that well at the Crucible, he would. So he's feeling good going there in terms of his form. Stuart Bingham, though, has had a great run, hasn't he? He's played uh, so well this season. A few finals and, and titles have come his way. Of course, English Open, Gibraltar Open... Runner-up in the Welsh Open, he made the maximum in in Beijing recently at the China Open. So I think, although that seems close on paper, I think Stuart Bingham would deservedly start the favourite. Although of course that doesn't mean anything because it's all on the day, or in some of the cases of these matches, two days. But I think Stuart Bingham, you would have to make favourite. But Graham Dot, he made a good point yesterday. He actually made it last year. He reiterated it yesterday at the qualifiers. He said that when he Graham Dot was a seeded player, he was the easy draw for qualifiers. When he is now a qualifier, he's the tough draw for the seeds. And you can't argue with that. He's been in three world finals, 2006 champion. Graham Dot is a match for anybody. And that could be, uh, it could be close, I think. Now, the next one is, of course, the battle of the pianists. <laughs> Sean Murphy, who uh, has impressed in, in hotel bars and various other places on the piano, I think he would admit, though, he's not quite up to the level at, at piano as Lou Hong Hao. They call him the virtuoso. He's... Uh, a really talented pianist of course they're not playing the piano they're playing snooker but it's an inter- interesting that they've uh, drawn each other Lou Hong Kong his first season as a pro what a great achievement to qualify he won the uh, the new w- WSF World Amateur Championship last year to become a professional you may remember that match he had with Ronnie O'Sullivan at the English Open um, and he's been a little bit quiet since then but he's come through and again yesterday it was clear that he was excited, but there's a certain cool, I think, in the Chinese players, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that a lot of them live in Sheffield. They sort of see the Crucible every day, and it, I guess to them it's maybe because they haven't been brought up as we have in Britain with the iconic Crucible and all that. Maybe it's not quite as forbidding as it might be for some of the British players, like, for example, Scott Donaldson going there, who, since he's known about snooker, has known about the Crucible. That may be a slight factor... 
The other factor in this match which makes it interesting is we haven't seen Sean Murphy for a long time. He's had a, a very poor season by his standards. Runner-up in the Scottish Open, but not seen much of him at all since then. Didn't qualify for China. Of course, didn't get in those ITV events either, the, 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 the last two, the Players' Championship and the Tour Championship. So he's just not been seen. We don't know what sort of form he's in. He's not match sharp. There's always the counter-argument that, well, he's a bit more refreshed. One thing's for sure, he, he's absolutely capable of winning it. He's won it before. He's been in two finals as well. But you have to say, if you're going on the balance of form and what we've seen this season, he doesn't seem like that much of a contender this year. We shall see, but it's an interesting draw. I don't think he knows much about his opponent. Um, maybe if it goes to a decider, they could settle it on the piano. <laughs> Neil Robertson's had a great season, hasn't he? He's won three ranking titles. He's been four finals in a row. He's drawn Michael Giorgio, another of the debutants, first player from Cyprus. He came out, I think, with my favourite quote yesterday. He said, someone asked him, how does it feel to qualify for the Crucible? And he said, well, it's not sunk in yet but I'll probably wake up in the morning in tears. And that just shows you what it means to someone who's worked really hard. I mean, last year he lost 10-0 in the World Qualifiers. Um, of course, he'd won the shootout prior to that. Hadn't had a great season since then, but he's made it through to the Crucible. And you could just see, just again, just the look on his face as he was handed the letter about what tickets he's entitled to and how it all works. Just the absolute thrill of qualifying for the Crucible. Congratulations to him on making it through. I have to say, though, I think this is a good draw for Neil Robertson because, again, is going to be up against it, trying to control those emotions. And bottom line is, whoever Robertson is up against, he's playing really great. He said himself he's gone there in recent years and he's put himself under pressure to perform, but that's off the back of not great seasons. The fact is he's going there this year, a bit like the year when he made the 100 centuries, or was on for it. He goes there full of form, full of confidence. He's happy in his personal life. He's just become a father again. And he's got the titles to back it up. He's won the Riga Masters. He's won the Welsh Open. He's won the China Open, runner-up. Players' Championship, Tour Championship, just a great season. He's one of the favourites. I think he is the favourite from the top half of the draw, and I think this first-round draw confirms that. So that's the top half. Now we start the second half with a really interesting match. Mark Selby, Zhao Yingtong. I was talking to Jason Ferguson yesterday, the WPSA chairman, and we agreed Zhao, as a qualifier, is very dangerous because he seems to have this cool sort of demeanour that nothing bothers him. He's a little, still a little bit ragged here and there, but what a talent, and I think he can only improve... It's his debut. We don't know what that will mean in terms of how he starts the match, but I just think Selby's on the back foot in that one. I think he's low on confidence anyway because he's not been the best season. Of course, he's lost his number one spot, which he was very proud, rightly, to hold for four years. And it's a, it's a bit of a banana skin, that is, to draw Zhao Tong. I don't think he'd be entirely happy with that Selby. That's not to say he won't win. It's not to say he won't win comfortably. He's got the pedigrees, won three world titles. Of course he has, but... I don't know, it's, it's, it's a tough draw, I think, and a very interesting match. And that's one of the ones that really stands out for me in the first round. Really looking forward to seeing how that transpires. I think if Selby can get on top of him early on and exploit any, any nerves or any sort of uh, inhibitions about playing there, then he could win comfortably. But I just get the feeling there might not be too many inhibitions from Zhao Yingtong. So we'll see when that one gets underway. Luca Brussel against Gary Wilson the next match. Brussel's come back into form. Um, of course, got to the semi-finals, played really well at the China Open in Beijing recently and has sort of rubber-stamped his top 16 place. He's never won a match at the Crucible. played there three times. In fact, he was the youngest player to play there seven years ago. Still yet to win a match. Gary Wilson, the, the kind of there's, I guess there's three types of qualifier. There's the debutants, there's the, the old stages, and then there's five other players in between. He's one of them who've been there before and he's now returning. Now, when he played there, you might have heard the podcast I did with him yesterday, actually. When he played there previously, he drew Ronnie O'Sullivan, went 
behind early on, but actually made a fight of it and made O'Sullivan fight for it. Uh, Gary Wilson, very talented players from a strong snooker area in the northeast of England. Um, and again, you know, that is not by any means an easy draw for Luca Purcell. Um, Wilson goes there, I can tell you, he's very happy to qualify, but also. There wasn't the sense that, and you do see this sometimes with some qualifiers, there wasn't the sense that, OK, I've achieved it all now, I'm there. He doesn't just want to be there, he wants to do some damage. He said himself, I want to start winning matches at the Crucible. I guess you have to say, if you're being honest, that's not the hardest draw for him. Luca Brussel would not be one of the three or four favourites for the title, but he is in good recent form, so an interesting one again there, I think. And that applies as well to the next match, Jack Lazowski, Ali Carter. Lazowski, of course... Like Dave Gilbert has got into the top 16 without winning a tournament, which is actually a really difficult thing to do, and it just shows his consistency. He was in the recent China Open final. Ali Carter was, was convinced he was going to draw Ronnie O'Sullivan. He was telling everybody, definitely I'll draw him. Well, he hasn't. He's drawn Jack Lazowski. Um, a bit of a contrast in stars. Carter, his safety game is really, really strong. Uh, Lazowski is all about attack. So that's good to see, I think, a match where you've got that uh, contrast in, in styles and approaches. I'm not sure you'd want to call it necessarily. Lazowski's been in good recent form, um, but Ali Carter is a form man at the Crucible, two finals. It's his 17th appearance in a row, a record he's very proud of. Another tough match for the seeded player, and it would not be a shock if Jack Lazowski lost, even though, of course, he's the top 16 player. We move on to Mark Allen, Zhou Yulong. This is interesting as well, I think, because Mark Allen had a very good early part of the season, but has gone quiet recently. And the other thing about him is his record at the Crucible for a top player, and he says this himself because he was on, again, he was on the, the Snookers in podcast with me last year. He says he's not happy at all with his record. He's, not been, he's only been to the one table once. That was 10 years ago, three quarter finals since, one last year. But overall, his record there, for whatever reason, just not really as good as certainly he would hope. Uh, Zhou Yulong's played there once before. He's another one of the, of the Chinese players who are really starting to make their mark on the circuit. I think a little bit like Yan Bingtao, you know, he broke through very young and you think, OK, well, he's going to start winning tournaments. That hasn't quite happened, but he's still very young, when you, certainly when you compare him to some of the top 16. And there's no doubt there is definitely a move now, Chinese snooker, with all the investment they put in and the players they have on the tour. They are starting to make their mark. You know, there's six in this tournament, uh, as it stands, or plenty more in the qualifiers. Um, again, not a big upset, I think, if Zhou Yulong wins that. Mark Allen, though, I guess can call on... The good year he's had, he's you know he's won tournaments and and got himself in the top eight. Um, <laughs> sitting on the fence again, I would make Alan slight favourite, but again not a big upset if he goes out. The first match to actually be pulled out was Judd Trump Tepchara Nu. This is going to be well great viewing, isn't it? It's going to be a pot, potting fest, not a slow match. I don't think it's going to go into a, a third session somehow. Um, Hard to say really how, I don't know, can't speak for Judge Trump, what he would feel about that. He's playing someone who plays the sort of game he likes, an open attacking game, which you think would suit Trump. But we know from Tep Chai, we saw him winning the shootout, that fantastic 1-3-9 he made in the semis. He can just make the game look ridiculously easy. He's even quicker than Ronnie O'Sullivan, actually, on the average shot times. Quickest player on the tour, first player to qualify. Um, and, he, he, you know, he's not impossible. He could turn Trump over there. Of course, he made his debut last year, lost to John Higgins. Um... Trump has had, a again, a very, very good campaign. He won the Masters, Northern Ireland Open, World Grand Prix. Um, lost early in China, but a lot of top players seem to lose early in China. Judd Trump is one of the three favourites this year with Ronnie O'Sullivan and Neil Robertson. In fact, O'Sullivan himself said one of those three would probably win it. Uh, but he's also in Ronnie's quarter. That was one of the things Robertson uh, achieved by winning the China Open. He got out of, first of all, that quarter, then that half, and now he's in the top half of the draw. So... Judd Trump, 
we keep saying every year, is it going to be his year? He's, last year he can win it in his 20s. He's still got time on his side. Mark Selby first won it when he was 30, but we're kind of looking to him, can he win it? And I think in terms of his approach and his mental attitude and the way he's looking after himself, it's one of his best chances since he was in the final uh, eight years ago now, 2011, when he lost to John Higgins. He's got, keep saying it, but actually it has made a difference. He's got his brother Jack with him. He does the right things at tournaments. He's very focused and dedicated on his snooker. He's playing well enough overall this year to win it. But you can't argue with this. It's a very tough opening round draw. That's a tough draw. It's going to be great viewing. If he can get through it, then Judd Trump obviously starts to fancy his chances. But I think it's true for any top player in the first round. It's about getting through that first round. Once they get through and the matches become longer, you start to feel that the quality will rise to the top. But that first round, it really is a tough, tough assignment for the top players and we saw that for Trump last couple of years lost to Rory McLeod two years ago and last year could easily have lost to Chris Wakelin that was a real twitch fest quintessential thriller which he finally won 10-9 but it was a real fall over the line job I do think though this will be a slightly different match just in terms of how it's played it'll be open and certainly Trump with his scoring prowess would I think appreciate the fact that it's not going to be the sort of game that he doesn't like three more matches Ding Junhui Anthony McGill McGill made a great comeback 7-2 down to Robert Milkins won 10-8 in the qualifiers. He's had a terrible season, though. been really quiet, a lot of first-round exits. But has he made the point? The only time he's actually really pulled up too many trees at the cruise ball was when he was a, when, when he was a qualifier. He beat Mark Selby, got to the quarterfinals four years ago. Um, and it's almost like he seemed, from what he was saying, he almost like he preferred the feeling of going there as a qualifier than to being a seed. It's what I was saying about Gilbert and Lazowski. They've got a different uh, mental sort of uh, attitude going in where they're sort of on the back foot rather than coming into the event with momentum. Uh, Ding has been quiet again this season, not won a title, not played in everything, didn't get in the in the big ITV events, uh, bombed out early in, in Beijing. It's interesting, of course, they played last year in the second round, these two, and Ding put together arguably one of the best sessions of the of the championship, won it 8-0, got a standing ovation. He played absolutely beautifully, just perfect snooker, and won the match easily. But then in the next round, he, he just completely sort of disintegrated against Barry Hawkins, lost 13-5, and that's the enigma with Ding. And that's whether, I guess, that's the question mark over whether he can actually win this World Championship. Can he sustain the good form over the tournament? It's no good playing great in one session and then in the next match not playing great. You've got to find a certain level of consistency. Of course, he's been in a final. He's been in a semi-final, lost to Mark Selby both times. But I'm not sure why you would make the case for Ding from what we've seen this season. If you look at the, the season overall, he's not one of the main contenders. But if he turns it on, of course, he's more than capable. Steve Maguire, Tian Peng Fei, Tian, another Chinese debutant. Uh, Steve Maguire has not had a great time of it at the Crucible in recent years. For whatever reason, he's, uh, I think you'd have to him to perform there. He's been in two semi-finals, Steve Maguire. Uh, but the last of them was well back in 2012, so seven years ago now. Uh, quarter-finals two years ago, but he's had quite a few first-round exits. Seems to lose a lot of close first-round matches, actually. Of course, he was 4-0 upon Ronnie O'Sullivan last year, before O'Sullivan turned it round. Um... He'd be favourite there, I think. Tianping Fei has quietly had a good season. Look at his results this season. He's been in a couple of quarterfinals and he's been racking up the, the points and the money. Um, but I think on the basis, certainly, obviously, of experience at the Crucible, you'd have to favour Maguire. But again, and this is true in general, I think, in the sport at the moment, a top 16 player losing in the first round these days is not a colossal upset. It's maybe a bit of a shock and the betting would reflect it, but it's not a massive upset. Unless, of course, and we come now to the last match... Unless, of course, Ronnie O'Sullivan loses to James Cahill. If Ronnie O'Sullivan loses to James Cahill, that's the biggest shock in Crucible history, as far as I'm concerned. Um, because Cahill's an amateur, the first amateur to play there, 
and Ronnie O'Sullivan has not lost in the first round since 2003, 16 years. Um, remarkable, really, that they're drawn together. Um, again, Ronnie, you could argue on a bit of a hiding to nothing there. If he wins, it's so what? If he loses, it's, it's a shock that's remembered down the ages. I think Barry Hearn, though, made the point that James Cahill, from his point of view, can just go there and enjoy it. It's an incredible um, experience for him. He's done so well, obviously, as a player, not actually officially on the tour, to come through the qualifiers. There was no one happier qualifying yesterday. He's, the smile, I promise you, did not leave his face the whole day. Just delighted to get through because he's had low moments. He's been off the tour and I guess wondering, you know, am I good enough? He's snooker for me. Well, he's at the Crucible. He's playing Ronnie O'Sullivan. It really doesn't get any better than that. Um, but objectively, take away all the emotion and the sentiment, it's a great draw for Ronnie. He's got to be. He's playing an amateur. He's playing someone who's never been there before who over 19 frames you'd expect him to heavily beat. He could have got, let's be honest, a tougher draw than that. Um, Ronnie O'Sullivan, the, the great enigma, I guess, still. It's strange to say this because he's the tournament favourite and he should be, but if he didn't win it, it wouldn't be a huge shock to me. If he did win it, it wouldn't be a huge shock, and if he didn't win it, it wouldn't be a huge shock. He's won it five times, but the last of them was six years ago. And what's happened since then, he lost, of course, to Mark Selby in the final, but since that, in 2014, four years running, he's lost to players he always beats in other tournaments. You know, he lost to uh, Stuart Bingham, he lost to... Um, Barry Hawkins, he lost to Ding Junhui and he lost to Ali Carter. Players that he's got great records against in any other tournament. And that tells us that there's something about the Crucible, whether it's um, just that extra pressure, because there's so much attention on him, um, that maybe he has felt in recent times. And this tournament is very different to any other tournament. It's the fact that it's played over several days. You know, you need so much mental fortitude. Is Ronnie O'Sullivan prepared to dig in for the 17 days this year? I have to say I feel... From what I've seen, the way he's approached tournaments, particularly the Tour Championship, where he did really dig in, I have to, feel, I have to say I feel that he can do really well this year. Um, a word of warning, I don't, you know, people will talk about form coming in. He had great form last year, lost second round. No real difference to this season in terms of what he's won. It's not about how you play during the year, it's about how you play over 17 days. However, coming into an event, obviously confidence and form can make a difference. We saw that with Mark Williams last year. He came in riding a bit of a, a wave of success and went on and won the tournament. So it's not that they're not connected, but you'd have the point is you have to turn it on for the 17 days you're actually in Sheffield. What you did in January or last November actually doesn't matter once you get to Sheffield. I understand Ronnie's been in Sheffield actually practising and whatever he says, and you know he likes to take pressure off himself with what he says. He wants this, of course he does. He's... Uh, come this far in his career, he's setting new records, he's breaking some of Stephen Hendry's records. If he wins this year, then next year he goes there with a chance to, to equal the, the record of seven. So, overall, you've got to think that's a good draw for him, but a very interesting match. And James Cahill, just got to go and enjoy it. As I say, like he's been smiling ever since he's qualified, and that's a real reward for him for the effort he's put in, that he's drawn, that he's drawn Ronnie O'Sullivan. So that's the draw, some great matches. I guess the question, obviously, who's going to win? Uh, from what we have seen this season and going on O'Sullivan's comments at the Tour Championship, the three favourites are him, Trump and Robertson. Well, O'Sullivan and Trump are in the same quarter, Robertson's in the other half. So the logic suggests that Robertson is going to play one of those two in the final. But from what we've seen at the Crucible, and this is the, the X factor in sport, the unknown. You know, things can happen, people can find inspiration, people can not perform for whatever reason, people can mentally feel it. Things happen in sport, that's why we love it. So... It's highly likely it won't be Robertson against one of those two in the final. Someone else could come through. Um, I said earlier in the year when we did a podcast that Trump Wilson was a, a sort of pick for me as in terms of a final. Many other people will have their own ideas. I think one thing is for sure, it's going to be great. It can't not be. It's a great lineup. You know, the top 16 
have all been handed very interesting draws, some really hungry qualifiers, young qualifiers going there trying to make their mark on the biggest tournament of them all. So my advice is two things really. One, don't believe anyone, myself included, who tells you that they know what's going to happen because no one does until it happens. And two, and the most important, is enjoy the World Championship. There's nothing like it as we know. 17 days, it's live on the BBC and Eurosport. And uh, come May the 6th, we will find out who is the 2019 World Snooker Champion. I can't wait. It starts Saturday and I'll be back after the tournament looking back on what is undoubtedly going to be a fantastic 17 days. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.